This is an ACB community call presented by American Council of the Blind. This Unmute Presents Community Call was hosted on Tuesday, April 4th, 2023, and I did something a little different to the podcast file. Did you notice? The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service, nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Unmute. We want to remind everyone here at the top, we want to have everyone have their first questions answered. So we'll get through all the hands first. And once we get through everyone's first go around, we will take second hands. Also remember to be respectful to everyone as you would want your question respected as everyone else. So be kind. Also, we have a big announcement today. We want to let you know that on the 18th of April, we're going to be having a special event with Script Talk. They're going to be coming and demonstrating their devices and talking about how you can get involved in uh, getting a Script Talk for yourself if that's something that you want or need. So that's going to be April 18th right here. So stay tuned for that. And as always, if you need to get a hold of us, you can reach us at feedback at unmute.show for questions, comments, or anything else. And Michael, what do you got for us today? I always have something. As Marty mentioned, raise your hand if you have a question. We'll get to to your questions in a moment. Actually, Uh, we have a hand raised right now, just so you know. All right. Thank you very much, Patricia. I appreciate that. Uh, I do want to go back and let people know that on Sunday, Marty and I chatted with you briefly about the new voice isolation functionality, which is one of the several new features available in iOS 16.4 that was released on last Monday. Um, And then on Thursday, we sat down and we chatted about multi-factor authentication with my friend Demasi and uh, talked about the different types of multi-factor authentication. He did a, in my opinion, great job at breaking down why you need to use multi-factor authentication and uh, some some things that you might want to be aware of, especially when you're wondering, well, what's right for me? What do I need to use uh, with the tools that are available to me? And then we did also break down that Elucid YubiKey, which is uh, something we often talk about, and that's available on the Unmute Presents podcast feed. Last thing that I will mention before we jump in and ask Patricia who our first hand is, is um, we have a new thing. And I will personally shout out the first person who uh, goes over and connects with us over there because we're going to start pushing it more. So if if you have an Instagram account, you're interested in Instagram, we have no content over there right now. uh, But the first person who follows us there, I will uh, say hi to you. And uh, yeah, that's that's all I got for that. So Patricia, who do we have first on the list today? All right, Jewel, you are first up. Go ahead. Hi, Jewel. Nice. Hi. Uh, I have a question I'm not sure that you can help with um, since it's a keyboard command question um, for iOS. Um, I switched from an iOS, uh, from iPhone SE to an iPhone 12, like I mentioned. Um, And when I did so, the voiceover command switched on me. So it was um, control option. So the far left and the one right to the left of the space bar. But now it's using the one to the left of that, the first and the third keys. And I'm wondering if there's a way to change that back 
because it's still doing the same with the old phone, but it's doing this new command with the new phone. And it's driving me nuts because I'm so used to the other command. I wonder, because I've had this happen to me on the keyboard before, um, and, and, you know, all keyboards can be different. Is your keyboard specifically in iOS mode? It is a Logitech K380, so I don't mm-hmm. know that it is specifically in iOS mode, but it's the same keyboard with both phones. Right, that, that's strange. I'm not strange. changing anything between the two phones. Yeah, I've not heard of that. So, so what you're saying yeah. is like the command and option keys are swapped on the other phone. Yeah, so it's... So with this, with the um, SE, it's the one, the far left one is control, and the one to the just to the left of the space bar. But with the 12, it moves over to the third key, which is the one to the left of that other one that's being used, um, which I thought was the function key. So it's it's confusing me. Yeah, (laughs) unfortunately, I'm not 100% sure on that one. If someone else has an idea, Marty, do you have an idea? Because I don't. Um, the only thing I could suggest is, or ask, I would say is both phones are updated to this equal, same operating systems and all that good stuff. Yes. Both are on 16.4. This is Chanel. Go Chanel. Yeah. So one thing you can actually do is use the caps lock key and that should work irregardless of the keyboard layout, Mm. regardless of what they've changed, you know, the bottom look keys to, um, by default, voiceover, you know, is set to use both caps lock and control and option. I Well, okay. I don't know if it's that way on iOS, but I would think, um, and caps lock is, you know, it. I use that on my Mac all the time and I'm, I know it works on iOS as well. Okay. Either way, it will take some adjustment. Um, do you know if the caps lock, if I use that, is it going to affect how caps lock works? You just, know, like, double, you just double tap the caps lock real okay. quick. Yep. And like Chanel, I use it on my Mac as well, because a lot of the web apps that you come across will use control option as modifiers. So Um, that way you don't have to do control option tab followed by control option and the keystroke. Um, And so you can navigate web apps. So that's a, thank you for bringing that up, Chanel. But yes, um, that might be, and then um, that will, as she said, work consistently across. And I do believe by default, it will work um, without you having to make any changes. So thanks, that. Thank you. Uh, before we go on to the next uh, question, I do want to say that about 90 seconds ago, Blaine Anthony followed us on Instagram. So I promised I would shout out whoever followed us. So if you are Blaine, thank you for following us and being the first follower. Who do we have next, Patricia? Next, we have Desi. Go ahead. Hi, Desi. Hey, Desi. How's it going? Good morning, Michael, Marty, and everybody. Um, as everybody has probably heard ad nauseum by now, I am moving from Phoenix to Franklin, Tennessee, uh, toward the end of the month. And um, I'm going to be needing to learn a lot more routes that are very unfamiliar to me at this point. And I do have Bose frames to use with any of the GPS apps that I might decide to use. But I'm just really kind of looking for an opinion on what is the best GPS type app to use for getting walking direction routes that seem to be reasonably accurate. My first suggestion would be blind square because you can set it to identify what's around you as you're walking. So for example, you're walking down a block and it will say, you know, a hundred feet to your left is whatever coffee shop, you know, 200 feet to your right. right is 
Once you figure out the area, you can turn it off or tame it down. So it has a lot of options to be able to uh, adjust how much information you wanted to yell at you or not yell at you. But (laughs) that is a good one for, you know, a new area and definitely cruising around and, you know, figuring out what's what. You know, you could even have it on while you're driving around or maybe on a bus or in a cab or Uber, Lyft, any of those things. And it'll identify what's around you and you'll be able to get familiar without necessarily having to be walking everywhere. So it has some good use cases for, for uh, you know, learning your way around the area. Yeah, that's good. And also, um, what about the Explore app from um, Good Maps? Has anybody used that? Well, the thing about Good Maps is, uh, as far as I know, it's indoors. I think they do have oh, one no, that's outdoors have... also, yeah, but I do. just don't know they how do. good it is. Actually, okay. I've never used it. Well, I would assume, and you know, and you know what, assuming might get a person, but um, yeah. because Mike May's involved with it, I would think that it's probably pretty good um, since he's a blind user himself, and you know, but um, but yeah, okay. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Good luck. And we'll have to hear how it goes once you move and how it all goes. Another thing is, uh, you know, contact your local, um, you know, whatever council of the blind or whoever is in that area, get a mobility coach and have them teach you the routes you need to do while you're there. That'd be the best way to start out. Yeah. Well, while I'm there, it's probably going to be pretty permanent. So (laughs) I'll be there for a while. There you go. Thanks a lot. Good luck. Uh Thanks. Before we go on to Sharon, are there any hands in Clubhouse? There are. Herbie has his hand up. Okay. Go ahead and unmute. And we're just not hearing Herbie, although I hear him in the other room. Yeah, we're not hearing you. Are you hearing me now? Yes, we are. Okay. There we go. Um, I I need to know how to use my loopback. Anyway, can anybody teach me? They're just kidding. So I was going to be good and not to say ask anything, but then Michael... You mentioned the I word, Instagram. So I have two questions. One you can easily answer probably, and the other one is going to be a bit more involved. A, how exactly do you follow somebody over on Instagram? And B, how exactly do you use Instagram in the first place? Because I have that app and it's always confused me quite a bit. So... Let me be fully transparent with you there, Herbie. Firstly, to follow someone, if you uh, there, there is a search edit field, I believe, that you can type in their username. And then one of the first elements on their actual profile is going to be a follow button. Or when I went and followed Blaine, uh, I hit the, it actually said follow back because they were already following us. Um, I don't know about using Instagram, and I will uh, endeavor to share some thoughts slash tips uh, next week. If someone reminds me, because I will forget, because I am using this as an opportunity to learn to use Instagram myself and uh, hopefully reach a wider audience and, and experiment with it. So I will share my findings with you in the future, Herbie. All right. So is that the search under the followers and following, or I, is there a different search? I believe that is the correct search, yes. And then are you under Unmute Presents? Yes. If you just search Unmute Presents, all one word, you should find it right away. All one. That's what I did wrong. Okay. Yep. All one word. Because um, Instagram works a lot like your other social media. Right. Uh, you can use at to tag people. So it's at Unmute Presents, all one word. All right. Very good. I was lucky to get that. <laughs> Who is yeah, next? Were. All right. Next, we have Sharon. Go ahead. 
Hi, everyone. Um, first of all, I want to say thank you for the scroll bar tip that you gave. Oh, yeah, no uh, problem. That was, yeah, that was really helpful. I'm using that all the time. Um, so I have two quick questions. I don't know if there's a way to have Apple notify me when they're going to do a minor update. I just go in the settings and look periodically, but it seems weird to me that they they don't have a notification for that. Um, and the other thing is, um, I got a summary, a news summary from CNN every morning, and and I do a two-finger swipe down very gently to get it to start. But every once in a while, I lose it, and I get popped into Apple News, and then I can't get back to it, and I don't know what to do about it. Uh, well, addressing the first question about the notifications on updates... Yes. Um, I would suggest following one of the big uh, Apple websites. Um, you have a bunch of them. Nine to five Mac's really good. Mac Rumors is really good. Uh, they will always tell you when things come out pretty immediately, and you'll know right away. They have a lot of other good information on there as well on a daily basis. That's typically what most people do. So that's why Apple themselves don't really do it all that much because everyone does it kind of for them. So I would Say the suggest name again of the website, please. Uh, the first one I said was nine, so it'd be like the number yeah. nine two. Uh -huh. And the number five, so it's nine t o five mac m a c dot com, and just go. Okay. You could go on there, and you'll see they have tons of stuff. If you have an RSS reader, you could put it in that. Another one I would suggest would be Mac Rumors. They're really good as well, uh, and there's a bunch of others. So okay, mm -hmm. those two will Thank get you. to where you need to go. They got tons of great information and things like updates that are coming out. They'll tell you right away as soon as it comes out. Okay. And then the other part about the news. So were you trying to use the apps, which I didn't really get what you meant about the second. No, you keep popping um, into I've, news and then what happens? I've, I've opened I've opened up uh, a link to CNN. It has uh, CNN uh, morning news or whatever. And mm -hmm. I get over to where it starts to read heading one. And I want to read all. And I do finger, two finger swipe down. But if I do it too, uh, not gently enough, somehow it's it get, jumps me out of it and i'm back in apple news and i don't know why <laughs> yeah that i think you just sense. gotta be a little bit more cognizant about your gestures that's I, the only thing i can really suggest michael you got anything or Darcy? yeah go for it yeah um and this this happens to me all the time sometimes when i do the um the the flick down the two finger flick down yep. to, to read it yep. it accidentally triggers the um the back gesture you know like the scrub gesture um to to go pack a previous page and i think that's what's going on for you because oh, that happens okay. to me all the time so okay you're not alone <laughs> so and there and if that happens how do you get back to where you were <laughs> you pretty much just have to find it again yep. there's not find really a forward yeah it's just kind of like you know noodling around it just to get yourself back it's kind of unfortunate yeah. but it's right. kind of okay. what we all have to do in different yeah. scenarios okay. but i Thank suspect so that's much. what's happening for you okay have a good day yep thanks good luck to you Thank you. Hey, next we have Beth. Go ahead. Hey, Beth. How you doing? Okay. Hi. Um, yeah, I I um was wondering if this is a, a Microsoft question. Um, a lot of a lot of times I um had a problem when I do Alt F four. It seems like my computer has not shut down, so I then turn it the power off and then try again, but it hasn't been shutting down lately. Like with all F four, and I don't know if that's a 
Microsoft question if that's, um, you know, what that is. If um, Yep. So I can help you with this, Beth. And and I've, I didn't know that people were doing this. So um, full transparency. And I will help. I'll tell, explain to people what's going on and then the best way to shut your computer down to make sure that it's shut down. Um, it came to my attention probably about two or three weeks ago that a lot of times what people have been taught to do is to go to their desktop and then Alt F for it. And then this yeah. pops up a dialogue that asks if you want to shut your computer down, start, go to sleep, whatever you right. want to do. And you and press it doesn't up. doesn't do that. Yeah. Right. So you press up arrow to shut down and you press enter. What often happens at this point, if an application is open that's preventing the computer from shutting down, you may not be notified dependent on the screen reader. So what I right. what I suggest to people is after about 10 to 15 seconds, um, you sit there and wait for a second, press your alt tab key. And what's going to happen is you're going to see something that will say, well, you'll be told something that will say something like notepad is preventing uh, windows from shutting down and then oh, you can tab okay. to the okay button and that will allow you to shut windows down and it will not save anything that you have in notepad if you tab to cancel and you press cancel that will cancel the shutdown process um, right. so so I think that's what's happening with you Beth so try after a couple of seconds after you hit enter on shutdown to alt tab and see if there's something that's preventing it from shutting down and another okay. way if you don't want to, for people who are like I don't want to go to the desktop to alt F4 out of the desktop, which it makes sense why why people have been taught to do that because you 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 quit applications with Alt F4, so why not quit Windows with Alt F4? Uh, but Windows key plus X, like like X-ray, anywhere within Windows will pop up a menu, and on this menu you can go down to shut down or restart, or shut down or sign out is what it says, and it's a sub menu. Oh. Press Enter okay. on that sub menu, and you can go down to shut down, restart, sign out, sleep, whatever you want to do and that will allow you to do it right there from that menu as well so uh like with yeah like with a lot of things in technology there's a lot of ways to accomplish things and uh hopefully hopefully Mm -hmm. unmute will be teaching a bit more about windows in the near future wink wink uh yeah yeah i'm I'm thinking of maybe um with system access it uh, seems like you know they have these this users forum but if i have a problem they don't respond like Oh, no, no replies. I'm thinking of kind of in my head, kind of thinking of getting JAWS um, because it seems more people know about JAWS. And like if I have problems like system access, a lot of people don't know about it. A lot of them do. And I I discovered, too, if if you pay ninety nine dollars right a year, that's cheaper than I'm getting, you know, getting JAWS than system access. So I have to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. So how it can JAWS does offer the uh, home user license, which is $99 a year. So that can be uh, more a lot more affordable, too, for some users. Right. Yeah. Because um, I'm just thinking System Access has like a bunch of described movies and shows. And I'm wondering if you can do that with, with JAWS because I don't want to get rid of something that, you know, I'm going to miss like those shows like All in the Family and some of those old yeah. descriptive ones. So those are separate from uh, JAWS. So you would still need to pay for access to the Serotech network in order to get access to those. Um, so yes, that is separate. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, a lot, I'll, I'll try that. Try that exiting and see how that works. Down. Yeah. Okay. Do thanks. we have any hands in Clubhouse? We do. Um, Andrew. 
You can unmute and talk. Thanks for bringing me up on stage. Uh, I have a couple of questions. One is, um, I just bought an article a couple of weeks ago. I think it was like March 14th uh, in regards to Be My Eyes uh, out of Denmark and uh, their uh, movement towards uh, incorporating AI into this to, into their app. And uh, right now, at least according to the article, it's only it will only be available in the UK and the US, I mean, Canada. And I'm just wondering, have you seen that? Are you familiar with it? Uh, and is there any more information that I could gather about how that would work? Um, there was, of, uh, perhaps no. uh, yeah, actually, um, they are implementing it. I'm not sure how long it's going to take for them to get into all of the different countries, but they are currently working on implementing it. The uh, short version of this story is uh, they were approached to use the software in their uh, app and they worked out something where the uh, they're not getting charged to use it. There's a great 30-minute um, story with uh, those guys on uh, blind abilities, which came out, uh, I want to say, about a week or two ago. It's probably pretty close to the top of the feed, but um, it's a great conversation with them, and they give you the insider on the whole new app that's coming out. So I would check that out, and you'll be able to hear probably most of what you're looking for there. Okay, I appreciate that. The other quick question that I had is, I recently got an iPhone 13 mini, and I find that and it, um, it's, it's, it seems to kind of almost remember a gesture. For instance, I might tap the phone once with two fingers, and it, and it uh, turns off the speech. Or I might do another gesture, and it's, it's not right, really performing that gesture. It's... Um, scrubbing out the screen or what have you. And I've, I've increased the time um, interval between like, you know, a double tap or what have you to what I think is appropriate. At least it seemed like that's what I was doing on my other phones. But it still seems to, it's, it's like I said, it's almost like it remembers that I've tapped it once. And then if I tap it again, it'll like, well, it'll perform that double tap action or what have you. I'm wondering if you've experienced that um, what it sounds like to me is that you may be accessing or activating an action that might be on your rotor. You might want to go in and take a look at your rotor and see what's on there. And if there's something that you want to stop it from doing when you're using gestures on the screen, you can just take things off the rotor or add things to the rotor. Uh, a lot of people will hit the rotor and not realize they hit it, and then they activate something they didn't mean to activate. So I would take a yeah, look at well, that and see if uh, the, there's something that's happening there and you can either eliminate or add things to the rotor. Yeah, I've had that happen in terms of uh, it changes my uh, English to whatever, you know, a different voice. And I'm like, okay, I hit the rotor somehow. So I'll try to look at that and see if that may be causing it. So I thank you very much. Sir. Appreciate you letting me speak. Yeah, no problem. Have a great day. Good luck to you. Okay, we do have some hands in Zoom, but I want to make sure, are we cleared in Clubhouse? Darcy? We are. Okay, good. All right. So next we have Roberta followed by Rachel. Roberta, go ahead. Hi there. Um, I have a question about the Zoom app on my iPhone using voiceover. Um, I used to have in the upper left area of the screen, it would show uh, my avatar or the avatar of the person speaking. And that is not there anymore. Now I have a button that says tap to speak. Any thoughts? It changes Zoom way too often. 
And it's like a grocery store. When you figure it out, they change it all around on you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I have not seen this. It might be worth looking at uh, in your settings when you're not in a Zoom meeting under meetings and see if there's an option to always show uh, the view that you want versus a tap to speak uh, view because that is strange and it sounds like a view got changed. Now, in order to actually change settings in the Zoom application when you're not in a meeting on a mobile device, you do have to be signed into a Zoom account. So if Mm -hmm. all you see is sign up or sign in, then go ahead and sign up or sign in, and then you should be able to modify any settings. Okay. I'll take a look. Thank you. Hey, Rachel, go ahead. Hello. Um, My um, question is, um, uh, I have a new iPad, and I don't remember the model, so I apologize, but it is one of the newer ones. And I have a Logitech... Um, keyboard that came with it. It's part of the cover. Um, my problem is when I hit the enter key, it is automatically putting me into the calendar. Doesn't matter if I'm in pages typing, putting me into the calendar. And my up and down, right and left arrows are not working, are not working the way they are supposed to work. Do I double tap each one of these or what am I doing wrong? Um, so I, I might have something for you to try and Marty might as well, uh, but I'm going to jump in here real quick with the arrow keys. I don't know why the enter key is dropping you into calendar, but it would be interesting if you press your left and right arrow keys together. Um, does vo- And I don't expect you to know right now, but try that. And if voiceover says quick nav off, then try navigating and see if things work the way they ex- you expect them to. Okay. And then how do I turn it back on again? You, that's a toggle, so you simply press left and right arrow keys again. Okay. Yep, give that a try and see if it helps with your navigation on iOS with a keyboard. Gotcha. Uh, thank you thank very you. much. Yeah, let's give that a try and we'll see if that works. Uh, who do we have next, Trish? We have Maria. Go ahead, Maria. I'm sorry, it's Marie. Marie, go ahead. Hi, Marie. You are muted right now, I believe. Yes, she is. Okay, I hit it again. I hit it twice, I guess. Okay, Um I have not actually a comment for Beth and some other users. There is a website called audiovault.net, and it's free. And there are multitudes of both TV shows and movies, all audio described. They're MP3 files, and you can download a plethora of movies and TV shows for free. Perfect. Well, thank you. Again, that's audiovault.net, correct? Correct. All right. Well, we appreciate that. And uh, who do we have next there, Trish? We have no one in Zoom. Is there anybody in Clubhouse? Mm. Not currently. All righty. Well, let's go ahead and uh, Marty. Uh, Oh, go ahead, Trish. We we do. (laughs) See, see, we appreciate it. All all we have to do is say there's no hands and then people raise their hand. It's it's that stuttering couple of seconds to fill that 10 seconds for someone to raise their hand. Go ahead. That's how it always works. Go ahead, Chanel. Yeah, sorry. And then it, well, it took me, I'm on my phone and I'm not very good with uh, finding things on the touch screen, but I just wanted to say, speaking of phone, um, if you have your phone set to receive automatic updates, that will also help. Now, I know some people may not like to do that. Um, I think it was Sharon who wanted to be able to know, you know, what Apple releases, even the minor updates and I would, for me personally, the best way to get that is to have automatic updates on. Um, And your phone will notify you as well when, 
I just forget where I turned that on. I can go look real quick, but I didn't have a chance to look before. It I think is, it's in. It is under settings, general software update, and there's a checkbox to turn on automatic updates. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, that's the one I'm yep. talking about. Yep. yep. And in iOS 16.4, there's also a separate checkbox there. If you're familiar with the Apple TV, this will be familiar for you. Now, if you're interested in getting beta software for your iPhone, you simply check the box that says that you want to oh. get beta software. And then there's uh, three radio buttons. There's none, developer, and public. If you're your, your phone is enrolled in the developer uh, program, then you'll get developer betas when they come out in June. If you are getting the public betas, then you'll get the public betas in July-ish, which is what historically they've been available. Or you can just skip all that beta nonsense and just wait until the new 17 comes out in September. Uh, but it's a faster and easier way to be able to opt That's into betas faster. now. Yep. And if you've that's never cool. seen that before, it's because it just came out in this last update. So yep. that's a okay. new feature. Awesome. So you want to go turn that on if you're interested. Yeah, I'll go check that out. Who is next, Trish? All right. We have Jeff. Go ahead, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. How's it going? Hey, it's going well. Good. I guess if I didn't have a question, it would be going better. However, um, this is only kind of loosely related, related to um, you know computer stuff. So... I added a smart plug. It was successfully able to add it to um, the home app. It used to be called HomeKit, I think. And um, the switch itself, the plug, you know, I could tell the S lady to turn it on or off. However, the item that I have plugged into it um, still needs me to use that <laughs> app to do the powering on and off. It sounds like all of the things that you have aren't all compatible with the same system. Yeah, like now it's a it's an AV receiver. So the only other thing I can think of is maybe there's some sort of uh, power um, limit or whatever. Darcy? Go ahead, Darcy. You're probably going to bring up the same thing I was thinking of. Well, go I was ahead. just thinking, I mean, not all devices. I mean, you can imagine, like, if you think about all the devices that you have and you unplug them and then you plug them back in, they don't always turn back on right away, right? Like that you have to turn them on. And it's and when you use a smart plug, you're essentially doing that, right? You're essentially unplugging it and plugging it back in. So you actually, you're better off with a smart plug to use devices that are always on. Like for example, I have a smart plug and I have it plugged into a, a fan, right? Mm -hmm. In my bedroom and I have that to come on at night, but it's an old fan with like a physical switch. So when it, when the, the, smart plug comes on then it comes on but if it was something that had to be turned on with a remote control or whatever it's not going to necessarily do that all that happens when you turn on the smart plug is the device gets power it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to turn on it and one thing that I can suggest, and funny you bring this up because we, uh, Demasi and I talked about it on another show we host called Technically Working. Uh, recently, we were talking about HomeKit and, and home automations. Um, if you have an app for the AV system, as Darcy was saying, the home plug might not be the best solution, but if that AV system doesn't show up in home app, look into something like home automate, uh, home automation or um, uh, home, uh, home bridge. That's the word I was thinking of, because those tools could bring third-party services into the home app that would connect to your AV um, app possibly and allow you to control the power through the home app with automations as well if you need to automate some of that too. Right. And, and even if you're talking about something that doesn't actually have um, an app, 
like some sort of AV thing, you might be able to get like um, what they call an IR blaster, mm -hmm. which is basically like something you can point to your device and it can mimic all the remote control codes. Um, yeah. So there's there's other options, but I don't think as far as an AV receiver goes, the smart plug is probably your best bet, like Michael said. All right. Well, thank you for your help. Yeah, yeah no, no problem, problem. Jeff, and thanks for bringing the, the question. We appreciate it. And uh, Home Assistant is the other one that I was thinking of that I couldn't get out. So Home Homebridge or Home Assistant are cool tools. Uh, who do we have next, Trish? We have Desi. Go ahead, Hi, Desi. Desi. Hey, Desi. This is my day for asking questions. Um, <laughs> I have uh, a pair of Sonos Play One speakers that I bought, I like, like in the, oh, maybe... 2017 i want to say mm -hmm. so they're still being supported right now but um you know i'm i'm cringing at the thought that before too long they won't be supported anymore mm -hmm. and i'm wondering at that point what to do with them and also because i am moving i also have a pair of the original home pods the big home pods um and um my thought is to keep the home pods because um i'm pretty much an apple person i've got my iphone 14 pro i have an ipad mini um six and i have my mac mm -hmm. um mini so it would seem like it would be smart to keep my home pods but does anybody have any thoughts about when these things do become obsolete what is the best thing to do with them I do specifically for Sonos because I've been watching this and it's been an interesting adventure to watch, uh, especially mm -hmm. with Sonos's transition from the S1 to S2 software, which is mm -hmm. their new app that they released, I believe, mid last year. So two right. things. Uh, number one, if you decide that, hey, I like Sonos, I like that ecosystem. And if you were unaware, I actually have HomePods and Sonos playing together uh, with each other so I can oh. use the advantages of Siri, but also... Uh, push audio to the Sonos ones that I have throughout the house as well and listen to that um, all with my voice using Siri, which is pretty cool. Um, uh -huh. And so what you can do with the Sonos Play ones, if you're like, hey, you know, I do want to upgrade to this new speaker that Sonos released that's uh, a competitor to the HomePods themselves, at least that's what a lot of tech people are saying is Sonos offers a trade-in program. So you can take your older Sonos devices and trade them in for about 20 to 30% of the value. So it's not a lot, but it gives you a little bit of money and it, it puts newer devices in your home and allows you to to responsively send those other devices and get them disposed of and, and save you a little bit of money. That could be a solution. A lot of times what I will do is I rehome electronics. I have an audio mixer here that I am advertising at a very low cost to someone on Facebook because I know that, that there's people out there who need this $500 mixer, but they might only have $150. And it's literally just sitting behind me doing nothing. So um, right. that's another solution as well. And then, of course, you can reach out to, if it's something that has batteries. Obviously, I do recommend reaching out to your local uh, waste management facilities and mm -hmm. ask if they have any recycling programs for batteries and other electronics. Yeah. Okay. But now, what about my my home pods? Mm -hmm. um, is that <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, any well, electronics that you have, you can always, you know, hand me down to a family member or a possibly a good friend. And you can also check with, you know, other organizations that may not have 
funds to buy all that stuff. So a, a donation to a nonprofit that's using it towards helping people in whatever way you, that you may support, we might love to have a couple of donations to use with whatever they're doing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I apparently on one of my home pods, um, I'm, I have it sitting on an end table and I must have spilled coffee at some point or other. There's a little bit of a coffee stain on the bottom of it. And I'm trying to figure out how to get rid of that, you know, in case I ever did want to pass those along. But um, yeah, I don't know. Someone's um, gonna, if you're going to give them away, I don't think people are going to mind too much about a small coffee stain or something like that on them. Oh, probably not. Yeah. But the other thing about the home pods, though, is won't they also eventually become obsolete, the older ones, because now they've got the new big ones out and... Well, uh-huh. here's the thing is, yes, in terms of the software, it may not be running the current same software that's on the new ones, but you can still connect them and use them to play music, which is going to be far better than what majority of people probably have or can afford in their home. So right. they right. might just love them just for the fact of being able to play great sounding music on them. Yeah, yeah. Because I've been wondering, but you know, this is the, this is the really sticky thing about about having everything be uh, connected by your your phone or whatever um, or the home app because they do they do become obsolete and you know back in the day when you could play your records on your stereo <laughs> this is aging me I know um, you you know you could keep your speakers and stuff for as long as they would play for you you know and I'm I'm having a hard time adjusting to this culture of after four or five years having to upgrade to whole new speakers when the ones I have are working perfectly fine, but I want to be able to do the latest and greatest stuff. Well, there's technology for you in a nutshell. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) Uh, Who do we have next, Trish? I can definitely relate to that though, Desi. Uh, So we do have three hands. Before we move on to Beth, is there anyone in Clubhouse? There is not. Okay, Beth, go ahead and unmute them. Yeah, I um now now you were talking about um or somebody was talking about GPS. Is that blind square or whatever? Is that in iOS or is that just in um Android? Because see, I tried um Soundscape a long time ago and it didn't seem to work really good. Like it it wouldn't say this is on your left or or do you have to program it to work like if you want. I want to get just say to like um, an apartment in my complex and and I'm not sure where it is. Okay. To answer your first question, it's definitely on iOS. So you can get it in the app store. I don't have an Android device, so I'm not sure if it's on Android or not, but I'm sure you could easily look it up or you can just ask Michael and he'll tell you. Yeah. Um, (laughs) The the other uh, thing is, You could go into the settings and you could adjust it to whatever your needs are. If you're in a new place, you can have it giving you lots of information all around you so you can get familiar. And once you're familiar with the area, you can tame it down and not have it giving you so much information. I will say that if you are trying to navigate and you're trying to get from point A to point B you may want to tame it down a little bit because otherwise it can be a little overwhelming that it's throwing everything at you while you're trying to navigate to somewhere. 
So if you're just cruising around and you're just trying to identify yourself, it's great. But if you're trying to actually navigate from point A to point B, you might want to tame it down because it can be overwhelming otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. I have iOS. I was just I just thought that, you know, there's certain apps and I Android there there's not in um iOS. But so it's called Blind Square. I had that name right, correct? Correct. Okay. Okay, thanks. Yep, no problem. Good luck. Okay, um, next we have Jewel. Go ahead. Welcome back, Jewel. Yeah, I just had a quick tip for everybody that I found out recently. Uh, if you have Aftershocks headphones, they can connect to more than one device. So when I switched to the iPhone 12, I decided to keep my SE because it is busted on the back and it has bad batteries. So, it's, you know, no trade-in value. Um so I'm keeping it as an iPod Touch. However, I tried like switching my headphones over to it and found that it will connect to both phones. So I'm keeping the um, old phone as an iPod Touch, basically, as a dedicated book player because it has 128 gigs of storage and the new one only has 64 gigs. So it's going to be all my books and stuff. Um, so you can connect to more than one device. You'll want to connect the one that is... You're going to want to use like Siri and phone calls and stuff for second, because that way, when you hit the side button um, on the um, headphones, it will connect to the second device. But then you can use the first device um, to listen to things and just pause it from the device. So just that I mentioned that. And if you need assistance with uh, doing that with your Aftershocks headphones specifically, because the procedure can vary dependent on the model itself, uh, feel free to reach out to either Shocks or the individuals who you purchase them from or look mm -hmm. up the Aftershocks manuals, several of which are available at ATDice.com. Um, and that is great. Um, I do, I, I forget about that because I just use it with my shocks quite regularly. So what I do is I have my iPhone, well, I have the blind shell connected to my shocks headphones, and then I have my iPhone connected, and then it will not play audio from both devices at once, but it will switch between devices, and it is almost like magic. Yeah, it's really cool, and it, you <laughs> don't even notice it. Yeah, um, thank you, Joel. Appreciate I'll it. I'll mention that the steps that I mentioned are for the open move. So I'm yes. not sure what would be for other models. Yep. Um, they're, they're very similar, but uh, button placements can, can alter. So uh, appreciate you sharing that with us. And uh, thank you, Jewel. And we do have someone in clubhouse now. All right. Let's jump over to clubhouse real quick. All right, Cindy, you're up. Yeah, hello. Hi, hello. Cindy. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Um, okay. I have a iPhone 12 question. My iPhone 12, when I'm, like, typing or calling somebody, the voice is real slow. How do I change that? Because I tried to go into settings and stuff, and I couldn't figure it out. You have to go to settings, accessibility, voiceover, and then there's going to be a voiceover speed uh, uh, down there and you flick up or down or you can slide it to adjust how fast or slow you want voiceover to speak. Okay. So okay. one I'll more time, that. it's settings, accessibility, voiceover, voiceover speed. Okay. Thanks. Yep, no problem. Thank you. Hey, um, next we have Doc. Go ahead, Doc. Hey, Doc, how's it going? Well, it's going pretty good, but I... Uh, 
I understood that you had a different way to shut down windows. Yes, sir. Um, so instead of going, well, it depends. How do you currently shut windows down? I do Windows M mm-hmm. followed by all the four and then enter on shutdown. Beautiful. Okay. So the be- the other way that I was mentioning to people is if you hold the Windows key and you tap X like X-ray anywhere inside of oh. Windows OS, this will pop up a menu and going towards the bottom of the menu, I believe it's the second option from the bottom, is a submenu that says sign out or shut down. And if you choose that submenu, then you can sign out, shut down, restart your computer, put it to sleep, whatever you want. And then, of course, because it's a menu, you can get familiar with the quick nav uh, keys to be able to quickly type the letter to take you to sign out uh, or shut down and then open that menu and then choose the option you want at on that uh, menu screen. Okay, so you can go j- right straight to Windows X-Ray. Yes, sir. Hold Windows key down and tap the X like X-Ray. Okay. Yeah, because what I was having to do, uh, sometimes in the other way, it would not uh, shut down certain programs. Ah. And, and then what I was, you know, it would say uh, pause, cancel to go back and save your work and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then what I do is to hit Windows and start typing Task Manager. But then the list got for like for Outlook, for example, is one that famously wouldn't close completely. Mm. It would be so far down the list, it was very laborious to try to find it that way. So did you try hitting Shift-Tab by chance when you got that screen that told you that apps were preventing you from shutting Windows down and there should have been a Shut Down Anyway button and press Enter on that and that should skip? Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I know I had to bypass that, but uh, Windows Help Desk Mm -hmm. uh, suggested doing the task manager and actually closing whatever program was not uh, functioning properly. Gotcha. Um, and, and I appreciate that. So yeah, give that a try. Try Windows key X, go down to sign out. and Yeah, uh, see I'm going to try that. Perfect. And in the last 10 minutes we have here, do we have any okay, other hands you. in Clubhouse, Darcy? Thank you. It doesn't look like it. Nope, not right now. All righty. What about Zoom, Trish? All right. We have two hands. Chanel, go ahead. And you're right. We're almost at the 10-minute mark. Um, I So... I was just wondering again, I've heard you talk about blind square and I thought that only told you what's around. Does it also give you point by point directions? I mean, turn by turn or whatever. Sorry, using wrong terminology. As far as I know, it does uh, used to anyway, unless they've changed it. It has uh, a lot of functionality. Uh, All of the features of being able to tell you what's around you was kind of a secondary feature too, that it also will navigate you around. Uh, there was a lot of controversy in the beginning because people got annoyed with how much information it would throw at you and they didn't realize that you could turn things on and off. Yeah, so, I kind of got this, frustrated with that too. And I turned, uh, yeah, so I, and I thought it, okay. Anyway, it's been like years since I've used it. <laughs> yeah, it's been years cool. since I've used it also. And so who knows how much it's changed since I've used it last. This Go is Jewel. Cool. Um the blind square app itself does not do turn by turn. However, if you have a POI, you can send it to another app from there, like Apple Maps, Google Maps, or 
um, open maps outdoor. Mm-hmm. So, and then they'll do it simultaneously. Oh, good to know. So, so mm-hmm. uh, Blind Square doesn't actually have the navigation directions, but you can send the direct or you can send the point of interest, which will then uh, give you the turn by turn directions with Blind Square running at the same time. Perfect. Thank, thank you for clarifying that, Joel. Appreciate it. Uh, Trish, who do we have next? Marie, go ahead. Hi, Hi Marie. Okay, um, I have a question this time. My beloved VIP talking thermostat recently bit the dust, and I'm using uh, one now. It has a digital display, but it also has buttons, and I'm using it fairly well, but occasionally I have to call be my eyes and say, okay, what's the setting? Because <laughs> I have it too high or too low. Um, of all the ones that are uh, controlled with uh, the apps like the Alexa ones and the uh, Nest thermostats, are there any of them that if you if your Wi-Fi goes out, is there any way that you can control them manually or directly from from an app? Uh, maybe through cellular on your phone? Uh, Only if it would connect over data. So what that means is a lot of times when you're not home, so say like you're traveling to visit a family member and Mm -hmm. you want to log onto your thermostat from their house and set it so that by the time you get home, it'll be the temperature you want it to be. If the thermostat has that capability, you could turn off your Wi-Fi and see if you could log into the thermostat over cellular data. Okay. I I really don't like being dependent on having a Wi-Fi device without some kind of manual or or, or different... Like on the Nest, it used to have a manual control on it where you would rotate it right or left to do the adjustments and then push Mm -hmm. the button. But Mm -hmm. I don't know uh, about all the other ones. A lot of them are flat now, and some of them have buttons. Some of them are touchscreen. They're all a little bit different. So Mm -hmm. you're going to have to just kind of do do your research. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, another thing, too, is you can call your power company. A lot of times they have grants where they're giving them away for free, and they come install it for you. So you might want to see what they have for those options, then you wouldn't even have to pay for it if there's one that's compatible with your needs. But I've heard that the power companies, a lot of times, they they can then program those devices on their own without your control because they're, they're trying to get you to save power. And I don't know if that's true or not. I just heard that. It could be just a rumor. Just a quick back to the Sonos speakers. I have a house full of Sonos speakers, and I have a Play 5 and two Play 1s, no, four Play 1s that are probably 10 years old. They still work fine. There's no reason. They may be obsolete, but that doesn't stop them from working. And I have a a Sonos One that is three or four years old, and it works with the new software. It works with the new assistant, everything. So I, I wouldn't be concerned, and I love my Sonos speakers. Yeah, I mean, if 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 you like the Sonos speakers, like you, I, I'm really fond of Sonos ecosystem. As I said, you can upgrade your older speakers to get that those newer ones, which will then play with the uh, uh, HomePods. Uh, for example, mm-hmm. if I tell Siri right now to play what's currently playing here on my desk in the living room, it'll play it on the Sonos that are in the living room because they're all tied together with AirPlay. Uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. Sonos is great. And I'll tell you, if you send us an email to feedback at unmute.show, and if someone listening to the podcast uh, has 
has some ideas, we can we can help uh, facilitate sharing that information along with you about accessible um, uh, thermostats. I've heard great things about the Ecobees, but I've never asked if they have buttons or knobs. So if you listening have any ideas, then we'd be glad to share that information along and you can send an email to feedback at unmute.show as well. So thank you you guys very much. You're welcome. I have an idea. Okay. Hey, this is Ann. Hi, Ann. Um, My thermostat, uh, it just so happened that my company had it. I didn't even know. But I really like my thermostat because every time I switch like from 78 to 80 and then 80 to 82 or whatever, it the, the way it's made, it just clicks. And ah. so when I click the, you know, and then and then at the top of it, it has little, um, you can feel little indentions. So then I know when it's, when I click it to this particular indention, it's on 80 or I click it back to this other indention, it's on 70. And that's just five clicks. So I don't know what kind it is, but um, if you can look around for, if you don't want everything talking to you, um, I, you know, um, that that's just clicks. It's not talking to me. It just clicks when I turn it. <laughs> that is the statement of the day that I really appreciate. And I, I can't express to you how much if you don't want everything talking to you. That is why I'm learning how to use a Braille display right now. So I, I agree. I agree. Sometimes it's annoying when you have things talking all yeah. over the place. Yes. Yes, it is. Well, thank you for that suggestion. And, and uh, <laughs> definitely appreciate everyone. Marty, it looks like we are coming up on the top. So I will let you uh, wrap things up. All righty. Well, thanks everyone for coming. We want to remind you that two weeks from today on April 18th, we're going to be having a special event, which is going to be script talk. So if you're interested in hearing all about how you can get your medication bottles to be read out loud to you, then come check that out. It'll be a good one. Also, if you want to get a hold of us, feedback at unmute.show is our email address and questions, comments, or anything else, you can reach us there. Everybody have a great week, and we will you see you. One more question. Okay, go. Um, so real quick, going back to this Windows X shutdown thing. So does that shut down the computer differently than shutting it down from the desktop? No. No? Okay. Because I No, it's just an alternative way to get there. The Windows X menu has some other options in it as well, but it's a similar process. It's actually closer to going the- to the start menu, pressing up, and then right. going over to shutdown. Okay. One other thing I will mention real quick too, if you are wearing USB headphones when shutting down your computer, most of the time, another indicator you will get is it will make clicking sounds like it's turning off. Mm. So that's another indicator to know if your computer has shut down properly. So just thought I'd throw that out there as well. It's a quick tip. And I have one quick question, if I may. If you use the Windows X, um, will it shut down all the... um, programs that are open or is it still the same process if you were to do the alt f4 yeah it's still the same process it's just a different way of getting to the same menu okay thank you yep yep no problem and uh appreciate everyone joining us we'll be back next tuesday again feedback at unmute.show and we look forward to having script talk on the 18th have a beautiful day 